Hi, I'm Rick Hines, writer of the Red Opera, Last Days of the Warlock, and this is Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. This week, Morris and Peter are joined by Matt Forbeck and Marty Forbeck to talk about shotguns and sorcery for 5th edition and a few tiny updates on the Marvel Multiverse role-playing game. One quick editor's note, Morris is using a different microphone this week due to work being done in the house, so his audio sounds a bit different than usual. In the news, a Lara Croft Tomb Raider role-playing game was announced, lots of new miniatures and statues coming from WizKids, staffing changes are happening at Paizo, and more, plus our favorite game in all the world, and a brand new sketch about the many worst games ever made. This week on Morse's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. This podcast is sponsored by Borfindel's Dwarf Spirits. Guaranteed to blow your head off. I, I mean, really. I've seen it. One sip and boom. I'm not entirely sure I see the point, but they seem quite popular. Anyway, order Borfindel's Dwarf Spirits now at the introductory price of 14 groats per gallon and get a pint of Goblin Spittle for free. All the tabletop role-playing news We aim to amuse and we aim to enthuse And Morris is unofficial tabletop RPG Hello, hello, hello and welcome to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk I am Russ, a.k.a. Morris Or Morris, a.k.a. Russ And with me this week is... Peter Coffey from the Southampton Guild of Roleplayers. Russ has ever. It is a total delight to be here. It's going to be crowded in here, Peter. It is. I don't really have the elbow room that I'm used to. <laughs> um, we have we have multiple guests. Not one, but two guests. Two guests? Although, although, they, are, although they are related, so... Uh, oh, it's kind of like one and a half guests. I don't know. Does yeah. that count? Interesting. <laughs> yeah, we can round it. So two for so, one. <laughs> so what, what, one person in this room is a, a, a best-selling New York Times author, I believe. But I wonder Ooh. if we guess which one of those people it is. It's got to be Marty. I'm not sure. Pretty sure it's not Peter. <laughs> not best. Unless he has a secret life I don't know anything about. No, uh, we, have, we have, and you've, you've just heard you've just heard their voices. We have Matt Forbeck who you oh. probably best know for uh, Shotguns and Sorcery, but he is a man with many hats, uh, a prolific author, game designer, comic books, I believe, Diana Jones, of course. You know, you're, ev- you're everywhere, Matt. And um, <laughs> you look exhausted from uh, from just me listing the things you do, let alone... The <laughs> <laughs> big bags and the eyes. Oh, that's that's, that's true. Yeah. Uh, and uh, also your son, Marty. Hello, Marty. Hello. Yeah. Hi. The boy. <laughs> yeah, I am the boy. Oh. <laughs> the boy. He's um, the oldest boy. He's one of the uh, one of the uh, boys. So yeah. One of the multiple boys. You've got, I believe, five. Is it five? Yeah, we have uh five kids. Marty's the oldest, he's twenty two, and then we have quadruplets right. who are all nineteen. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That that was that, that must have been a day when you found out that yeah. was gonna that was gonna be the case. More like a year, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh goodness. Right, well, in a bit, we'll start talking about shotguns and sorcery and kickstarters and all that fun stuff. But before yes. we do that, shall we cover some RPG news for the week? All right. A solid plan. Let's do it. All right, let's do it. So, um, one thing that caught my eye this week was there's a Lara Croft Tomb Raider game coming out, Tabletop RPG. Yep. Oh, nice. I know, okay. it caught me by surprise, this one. So, 
Mm. I mean, the last time I played a Tomb Raider game would have been mm, 20 years ago, maybe. <laughs> but Russ, you were only just born. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I am a youngster in my mid-twenties, clearly. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> if only. Yeah. Um, but but uh, Square Enix is doing yeah. a 25th anniversary celebration of Tomb Raider. 25 mm. years. Wow. Mm. Why do I feel old? Oh, happens. oh man. <laughs> <laughs> And there's Marty all 22 years saying, yes, yeah, 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 really God, yeah. yeah. That predates you, Marty. That's yeah. He's like, yeah, it's, yeah. it's really old. You, you, yeah, you, yeah. Have never, you have never known a world without Tomb Raider in it. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yeah, the, those yeah. first games are coming out when I was a baby. Yeah. 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 Um, so this 25th anniversary thing, they're doing a whole bunch of stuff. There's a cookbook, and there's a travel guide, and um, they're doing <laughs> sales on the existing games. There's, um, there's a Netflix animated series, I think, coming up. I'm not, I'm not oh, sure. I, nice. think. I oh. think so. I think so. Okay. Um, but, you know, we're an RPG project, uh, podcast, yeah. and what we're here to talk about is RPGs. And there is a tabletop RPG coming this uh-huh. year in time for the holidays. Okay. That's pretty quick. Yeah. Um, you, you say it's pretty quick, but they have been working on it for years, apparently. Oh, right. So it's been... Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's kind of like a passion project of uh, right, Matthew right. Gaston, who's the senior technical okay. designer of uh, um, Square Enix. And this thing has been right, right. coming for a while. So there's not a lot of information coming up mm. out yet, but we're going to get a core rule book. There's going to be an introductory adventure called Lara Croft's Tomb Raider's Mark of the Phoenix. Okay. Uh, there's a there's a preview which they've released. It's like three pages of monsters. And, right. uh, I don't I don't know if you've seen this. Yeah, I think I had read someplace that uh, you didn't play Lara Croft. Like you played some kind of nobody got to play Lara. Just like the old Indiana Jones role playing game. So yeah. I suppose that's Aww. fitting because Lara was kind of an Indiana Jones ripoff when she first came out, right? Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think it's like uh, you play Star Wars RPG. You don't usually expect to play Luke Skywalker, do you? Sure. Sure. Or, um, you know, the DC RPG. Mm. You don't usually expect to be playing Batman. You expect to be creating your own. Well, I mean, for instance, I'm working on the Marvel game right now. That's my other project. And we expect <laughs> people to play both. You get to play, create your own and play Spider-Man, Captain America, Thor, or whatever. So, um, wow. Trying to have Where's it both ways. When, when, when is that due? I remember reading about that earlier this year. Yeah, we have a playtest version that's coming out as a 104-page book that's going to be $9.95, $9.99, something like that, mm. and supposedly at the end of March. Although wow. I've got some playtest feedback from you know first-round playtesters, mm. and that'll be – so I'm actually incorporating that right now in the final draft I have to send off to the folks at Marvel sometime in the next couple of weeks. Right, right. Are you going to be doing one of those big public pay tests, or is it just a smaller? No, that's exactly what we're doing. We're going to be doing. uh, So you buy this thing for ten bucks, and then you can, you know, it's 104 pages of comic book sized uh, book, and then you can send us all your results on that. We can test out, see how we're doing, and then in 2023, we'll come out with a big, massive, you know, 300 page core rule book with all you ever need to play. I don't. I don't envy you sorting through. I don't know if you'll have to do it yourself personally, but sorting through all that data because I've had to do that recently, and it's not fun. <laughs> no, I'm, uh, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a good month of my life, I think, just figuring out what the hell people are saying. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which which things are just preferences, and which things are actual problems as well. Exactly. That's the that's the tough part. But anyway, yeah. back to back to lower court thing, anyway. Um, so it's very uh, interesting. We've yeah, got so, a shark, a zombie, and a bear. Hey. Yeah, not at the same time, presumably. Well, if we did, apparently the shark would be massively outclassed by the bear, I think. Mm. Yeah. I am finding it quite 
quite a challenge to sort of navigate my way through this uh, this sheet just because I'm trying to work out what each things are. They got yeah, there's not much explanation things. there, is there? There, there isn't a lot of explanation. It seems quite a quite an old school sort of game. Yeah. Well, this game has been in development since 2007. Wow! Wow! And they've been right. play testing it since 2009. So, right. you know, it's it's been going it's been going for ages. Mm-hmm. So, um, and it's coming out in time for Christmas. Mm-hmm. That's great. Mm-hmm. So, I'll be picking it up for sure. Yeah, that's yeah. more like somebody you know they've just been playing it for fun, and somebody said, "Hey, you got anything?" Somebody says, "Oh, oh, me," you know, and yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, I expect it was you know the 25th anniversary is coming up, and um, he just kind of said, "I've been working on this game since 2007." Yeah, why don't we put it out? Why don't we really? put it out this holiday? <laughs> um, why not? I guess. Yeah, this is I mean, if, we, if, if Wimpy can do it, why 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 can't exactly Wendy? <laughs> Wendy's yes. Wendy's. Absolutely. Wendy's. Yeah. That means they could have had this ready for the 10th anniversary. They've been working at that long. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Hey, but that means, hopefully, it's very, very well published, uh, published yeah. and playtested, in theory. Hmm. We'll find out. I guess we will. Are they, are they charging for this? Is this a giveaway kind of a thing? I assume so. I don't know. I don't know either. Like the Wendy's no. thing they gave away, or you could get the PDF for free, and then yeah, you could order the yeah. book, right? Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it was a giveaway, but maybe maybe a PDF giveaway and you could buy a hard copy. I don't know. What no. am I saying now? I'm just making this up now. I have absolutely no idea. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy to guess, but... <laughs> Should, we so well, Should we do some more news? Okay, how would you guys like a 12-inch Gith Yankee figure? 12-inch, holy shit. 12-inch, which yeah. is... Pretty big. Yeah, it's, it, uh, it is. It's uh, yeah. yeah. G.I. Joe well, sized, you know? Yeah. 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 I, I, don't, I don't think that would really fit on the table with the rest of the model. Might be a bit out of scale. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, they're, 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 they're not calling it a miniature. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> More of a miniature. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's got a, like a six and a half inch wide base. Mm-hmm. And it comes in. Do you remember the sort of like red box? Obviously, you do remember the red box style um, presentation of D&D. So the, the box that this this uh, figurine, I guess it is, um, comes in, looks like that, stylistically. Nice. So like it's a red box with like a kind of window on it. and uh, It's from WizKids, but it looks a lot like a red box-style D&D game. Hmm. That's cool. Was it, it, wasn't it, the Githyaki on the cover of Fiend Folio, though? It seems like they should be doing a, a riff on that, you know? Mm. Um, yeah. Well, talking, of, talking of things on covers of books, I yeah. saw, and I'm trying to remember where I saw this, I saw... Mm. Again, I think it's WizKids, um, mm. inspired by the cover, I think, of an early monster manual, a whole bunch of yeah, cartoonish yeah. Yep. miniatures. And it had like a bolt the holder and a whole bunch. There's like 13 of them, I think, and you had to collect them. Yeah, yeah they're coming out soon. Blind boxes, right? So you have to actually buy yeah. them. You don't know what you get awesome. and all that. But mm-hmm. it looked like fun. I mean, they're really cute figures. Yeah, that's a war joke, Russ. No, 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 no. No, it's monsters. It's like an owlbear, oh, okay. beholder, and uh, uh, I think oh. it's Latinus Cube or something. You know, it's like okay. 13 of them. Yeah, it was all the goofy okay. creatures off the original AD&D Monster Manual. Yeah, right? uh-huh. yeah, yeah. yeah. I, can't, I, can't, I literally can't remember where I saw that, but I definitely saw that recently. It's like this week, I think it was. And I yeah. think that's coming right. out like March or something next year or something like that. Yeah, ICV2 yeah. had an article on it yesterday. That's probably where we saw it then, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that, that kind of looks fun. I mean, a lot a lot of these miniatures these days, I'm very tempted to pick them up, but for the last two years, I've been <laughs> playing by Zoom. <laughs> 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 and, uh, 
I don't actually know when or if I'm going to be going back to in-person gaming. So Ooh, right. like miniatures, miniatures are a bit of a harder sell for me right now. Yeah, yeah. I do like them. I like collecting them and I like having yeah. them. But, you know, it's, it's justifying the cost, I guess. For me, it's always the painting. Well, especially the pre-painted one. The, yeah, mm. yeah. Pre-painted are a lot easier. Painting was always the trouble, right? It's, yeah, I don't yeah, paint. Yeah. Mm. No. Well, I mean, they have bought out some amazing paints nowadays. Oh yeah, I mean it's fantastic. It's fun, but I'm, I'm my I usually paint with a spray can, right? It's just the easiest thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's all pre-painted to me. I'm not going to paint the thing. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, this kid Yankee thing, uh, two hundred and sixty-two dollars. Mm-hmm. It's going to cost you. Wow. It's coming out quarter four, twenty twenty-one. So any time now. Yeah. Hmm? Is does it look like it's related to the Baldur's Gate three stuff? Because Gif Yankee obviously play a significant part of that game. Uh, possibly, possibly. Yeah. But I mean, <laughs> would, you, would you like a, a full-size foam statue of Trista Worden for uh, <laughs> one and a half thousand dollars? <laughs> because that's coming out. Wow. <laughs> wow. 1,500 foam statue, full-size, you say? Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. He's I'm got, he's got not, a lot of fans. That's all I can say. That's all he, ha- he does. He does. Yeah. He does. Um, a, a life-size replica of the Wand of Orcus, 30 inches long. $170 that's coming out soon. That's what, two and a half foot? We always wonder where he's overcompensating for. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think if you're looking for, if you've got a bit of money to throw out and you're looking for gifts for Christmas, mm-hmm. for, for, for the gamer in your life, mm-hmm. I think some of these might be they're a bit too rich for my blood, I think, these things. But, uh, some oh, these right, right. Okay. I thought you were going to come up with yet one more. <laughs> wildly, I do, wildly, I do, I do actually, I do actually have a, a whole list of different things here. We've got um, well beyond the witch like collector's box sets. We've got a fifty miniatures. Uh, no, this is kids again. I think. Oh, okay, yeah. We've got a twelve-inch Afriti holding a knight for two hundred forty-nine dollars. We've right, got right. a two-story playable model of the Yawning Portal Inn for three hundred forty-nine. Uh, we've, we've seen that one. That's a. It's like got a big old a semicircular cutout, and you've got like some poor old dude hanging off a hanging off a bucket or something in it, don't you? Yeah, uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's wild to me how they just you know nowadays you there wasn't a high end market when I started this stuff. It was all kids yeah. playing it, right? Or, or yeah. Yeah. poor dudes in Wisconsin gather around a sand table. But now it's you know obviously yeah. people in their forties and fifties who've got cash and nostalgia going with. Yeah, those kids. Those kids grew up, exactly. and they yeah. bought jobs, <laughs> and now they bought all the things they couldn't have bought when they were thirteen. And the thing yeah. that would fit perfectly in the corner of the living room is a life-size statue of Tristan. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, why not get two and have them arranged tastefully outside your front door? Now, honestly, how long <laughs> do you think that statue would last with my dog in the room? <laughs> Ooh, 10, 15 seconds. Be- that yeah. would be a, a short and mildly edible. Um, oh yeah, maybe yeah. expensive. You'd, you'd, you'd be picking bits of Dark Elf Ranger out of your sofa for weeks to come. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So we've got some uh, staff changes at some of the bigger RPG companies going on this cool. week. Okay. So Paizo have announced that um, because obviously Lisa Stevens um, retired this year, earlier this year, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And um, Jeff Alvarez kind of stepped up to run the company mm-hmm. on a day-to-day basis. But they're expanding their, well, basically their management team. Mm-hmm. So uh, Jim Butler and mm-hmm. Mike Webb have joined the group. I've never met Mike. I've met Jim. 
Um, <laughs> they're, they're, they're joining the group, which also includes Eric Mona and David Ruland. Ruland? Right. Ruland. I don't, I don't know. I don't know him either. But mm-hmm. um, they, they, they're going to be the executive team that's going to be running, running Paizo for, well, for the foreseeable future, I guess. Yeah, yeah, actually, I know both those guys from decades back, and they're yeah. both fantastic guys. I worked with Jim on, uh, at TSR and some stuff mm-hmm. at Wizards and even at Tryon Worlds. Uh, and he's actually been with Paizo for a few years, so it's actually just bumping him up. Uh, yeah, and yeah. Mike is was working at Alliance for decades, right? And then I think at Chessex before yeah, that. Yeah. So he's a relatively new hire. I know some people mm-hmm. are going off about whether or not this is something to try to sabotage the new union that Paizo is, uh, the, the Paizo employees have just formed. Mm-hmm. I don't think so, but of course, you know, I'm not privy to the inner machinations of the Paizo CEO uh, crew. So yeah, I wouldn't yeah. think so, especially, you know, knowing Mike from way back, I can't imagine he'd be part of something like that, to be honest with you, and, or Jim yeah. neither. So. I mean, the union made a statement. I saw that. I, mean, I read that. Yeah. Yeah. They don't seem they, terribly pleased. No, they don't, they don't seem terribly pleased by it. But yeah, like, like you say, we can't possibly know what was what the internal discussions were. Exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm pro-worker all the way, honestly. I'm really happy yeah, about the Paizo yeah. guys, but, or, but the Paizo Union. Um, and there was another yeah. company that just announced a union this week, too. What the heck? Image Comics just announced yes. a union, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm really yeah. happy about that. But I can't, you know, knowing these guys from way back, it'd be hard for me to believe they're, bring, they're bringing them in as union busters, especially Mike, who's just, uh, you know, always yeah. been, you know, yeah. from uh, total integrity. And Jim, too, right? It sounds like the sort of thing that would have been in the works before, because this thing, these sort of things don't happen quickly anyway, do they? No, so, exactly. Yeah, one know, of the they've been, talking, was, they've been talking about this for months, surely. Of course, and yeah. one of the complaints was that Mike was working out of Indiana, which is where well, he's been working for Alliance for you know decades, mm-hmm. and uh, they're like, "Well, you know, other people can't do that." I'm like, "Yeah, but you know, uh, Mike's a pretty high level sales guy. They're bringing this guy mm-hmm. in as this power play, really, essentially." Uh, so you, for him, yeah, you probably, especially with everybody working remote these days, or a lot of people. For him, of yeah. course, you say, you know, stay in Indiana or if you want to, come out to Seattle. But your money goes a lot farther in Indiana than it does yeah, in Seattle. I can imagine. I can imagine. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, staying on Paizo, they have announced that they are no longer going to be using the word phylactery in reference to mm. liches. Mm. Interesting. Um, so they are going to use the word soul cage instead, okay. starting with uh, with an adventure called Doorway to the Red Star, an upcoming adventure. That's where they start using that terminology. So they're kind of dropping that because like the word phylactery has like um, connections to the Jewish faith right. mm-hmm. and, 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 and culture. So um, they're kind of moving to a more neutral, you know, descriptive term, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes yeah. good sense. I mean, I don't, I don't think anybody was being malicious by using that stuff, but, you know, a lot of us are ignorant when we uh, yeah, come up with this stuff yeah. and when we read it as kids and we've been playing it for decades. Yeah. I mean, we we, we dropped the term ourselves and we use soul vessels. So, nice. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's a, yeah, it's much of a much of the same sort of yeah. phrase. But, um, yeah, it's, 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 just a, it's just a general kind of industry-wide tendency at the moment to be more respectful of, well, basically, the people who are playing these games, yeah, and, and the backgrounds that those people might have, and what, and what they, you know, and uh, it seems to me like it's just common sense. It, it to is to be doing. Yeah. It is. No, I think it's a great yeah. thing. It's it's you know, like I say, being respectful. But nowadays, you actually have the resources to know this stuff, right? Mm. Like you should know this stuff. People can communicate with you. It used to be, you put out a book, and you're like, well, you put out a book, and you, if you're lucky, somebody came up to you at a convention and talked to you about it. But now, somebody'd yeah. say, what the yeah. hell is this phylactery stuff? And you're like, well, oh, yeah. you know. I'm sure yeah, you guys didn't have yeah. any idea, but once somebody corrects you on that, you should correct yourself, right? And yeah, I think it's yeah, good exactly. that they're doing it. Yeah, yeah. Right, so 
let's have a look. There isn't a, a massive amount of news, actually, this week. Um, there was a big survey that Wizards of the Coast put out this uh-huh. week, and it was a big player survey for D&D, uh-huh. and it mainly delved into all of the settings that, okay. that they published over the years. So they were asking, what are your favourite settings? Uh, and then, yeah. they, what it, based on your answer, they would ask you information about what you liked about that particular setting. Uh-huh. And I guess this kind of ties into the fact that they've been talking recently about how they're relaunching a couple of classic settings over the mm-hmm. next year or two and revisiting a couple in cameo form as well. Mm. But I, I, kind of, I kind of wonder, does this mean that they haven't actually decided yet which settings they're going to revisit? Or I don't know oh. what to make of that. It's possible. Yeah. I've heard that uh, internally they actually will be working on like twice as many projects as you actually see. Right, mm. and they're mm. because they're making enough money, out, they will just kill ones off that aren't working for whatever reason. Which right, is actually, yeah. you know, mm. it's good because then you have the option instead of forcing something through that's not working for you at all. Um, yeah. So when they're looking at, it, they can say, "Well, this is going, this is going," and then they'll probably turn over the results to each individual team and say, "Look, this is what people love about your setting. Maybe mm. you ought to emphasize mm. that." Um, mm. Hopefully, that means we get something better. I mean, I'd love to see you know Dark Sun, Spelljammer, all the crazy stuff from way back in the eighties and nineties, but mm. you know. Uh, on the other hand, you know, I'd also like to see new stuff. I love seeing new stuff for these kind of things, too. Yeah. Sure. Just, but from a point of view, and I think Marty might be a good person to ask here, from yeah, yeah. Uh, the sort of younger gamer's point of view, I presume there's no emotional connection to all those settings whatsoever. Well, I like Dark Sun as much as the next guy, but... Right. Uh, <laughs> good answer, good answer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, yeah, I'd like to see new stuff. Yeah, okay. Yeah. okay. Yeah. So, um, for me, I think Dragonlance is always my favourite. Um, mainly mm-hmm. that's the one that introduced me to the hobby with the with the novels. I think back in the mm-hmm. early '80s. So I think that that for me was a. I, I kind of would like to see it come back, but I kind of recognised that what I liked about it was the storyline and the characters of those original novels and um, and stuff. And mm-hmm. possibly just revisiting the same storyline again isn't going to be as satisfying as I think possibly it could be. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, nowadays, right. you know, Wizards doesn't do novels either. There's very little. I mean, they've uh, Bob Salvatore is putting out Drist novels, but I think they're through HarperCollins. And, yeah. And, of course, yeah. we know that Margaret and Tracy are working on new Dragonland stuff, mostly yeah. because of the lawsuit yeah. they had to file. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we don't know when that's coming up. But, again, that's licensed out as well, isn't it? That's not. Exactly. That's not None of that's coming actually through Wizards itself. They don't have a book department anymore. Yeah. I mean, no, I, that's I, coming I, out through Penguin Random House, I think. I mean, I wrote Ooh, the yeah. Endless Quest books for uh, Kingsbridge Publishing and for yeah. uh, Studio Press and, and Candlewick. And same with the Dungeonology stuff. All that stuff's been licensed out over the last five years or so. Yeah. Well, you know, why not? Yeah. Well, yeah. they're trying to concentrate on what they do best, which is make, you know, incredible games as opposed to yeah. doing a whole other sideline, which is the book business. Well, in the 80s or so, they had so many books. I don't, I'm not really privy to the finances of the book department at Wizards, but I can't believe that that wasn't a massive money spin, especially with like the Dragon Arms books being on the New York Times bestseller list. And mm. Yeah. Yeah. I think this way they get mm. to pick and choose. They can just say, you know, we'll take the royalty off these things, but we don't have to develop them. And, mm. you know, because it's a huge drain. I think part of it is you sit down and you say, am I going to make more money putting this effort into doing another D&D book or a D&D novel? Right. Right. And, right. Yeah. You know, what's going to give us the biggest return? And obviously, you know, if you look at the sales numbers for their D&D books, we don't get the sales numbers, but you see them climb every time they come out with a new book. It's like number one or number 10 or whatever on Amazon and the <laughs> yeah, New York yeah. Times bestseller list. They're pr- mm. they're doing pretty well with their basic game books, too. Yeah. Yeah. That is that is true. Mm. Yeah. 
Hey, there's a we were talking about managers earlier. There's a couple of managers that I didn't mention, which maybe I should have done. I was remiss because oh. have you ever wanted managers of Gary Gygax and Dave Arneson? <laughs> No. <laughs> no. Can't say the hot dress. Can't say the I mean, I, I would have them fight, right? There should be arena rules for this, right? Yeah. Um, just like real life. Yeah, it was uh, John Peterson had those done up for his uh, the cover of his yes. Game Wizards book, right? Which is fantastic. Yeah, yeah. And then somebody yeah. decided to actually produce them for sale. I'm like, wow. Yes, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So this is, um, like they say, they're, they're on the cover of John Peterson's book and the company at the made them as decided to sell them oh. as 28 millimeter like white metal miniatures mm-hmm. <laughs> I think we, I, there I, should be I, a thunderdome that goes over them right and we just <laughs> yeah. yeah I mean 1299 I guess it's a novelty uh, gift or something <laughs> you know, oh, sure. Yeah. Oh, sure. yeah. it's, it's kind of fun these are the I mean, I, I, yeah, these are the younger versions of them too, you know. I, I, yeah, <laughs> not the guys we saw around Gen Con in the in the two thousands yeah. and such. I, I am kind of kind of slightly half tempted. Yeah. Mm. I don't need those. Well, do they're, I? They're, I don't need them. These, these guys, are the, the two major icons of the hobby, though, right? You can understand why why people are excited about it. It's like having little no, statues. Well, no, what I want is a full sized foam statue standing in the corner <laughs> of yeah. each of them, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. bookending your door on the way in, right? Yeah. Wasn't John Peterson telling us about these models last week? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, well, yeah. you mentioned they were on the cover of the book. I don't think we realized mm. you could actually buy them until later mm. in the week. Okay. Mm. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> yeah. So now you, you can now buy them. Excellent news. Yeah. Well, I think we might be coming to the end of the news. It's been a really, Ooh. really short news week. Oh, well, actually, there is one thing which I think Ooh. maybe might deserve mentioning. Okay. Uh, it is uh, it's a Kickstarter. It's been doing very well. Uh, um, yeah, I heard about this. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I think uh, as of 2.33, it's done £640,331. Congratulations. Um, which is... <laughs> Yeah, but I, I, uh, I heard the guy running that's a real jerk. So no, oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I, I hear he's uh, he's a Canadian millionaire, an Australian millionaire, mm. although not not quite unfortunately a US millionaire, <laughs> uh, having but a paltry eight hundred and oh god, it's going up again eight hundred sixty four thousand uh, US dollars uh, to his name. So yes, yes. Uh, uh, Bit of a well done. For any, anyone <laughs> listening to this, by the time they hear it, the Kickstarter will be over because it ends yeah. today. Right. Yeah. So you, you will need to go back in time to back this Kickstarter now by the time you hear this. But yeah, I am so, so happy with you. Yeah, that's and, incredible. I am so happy for you guys. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I, I, you know, you know, you sort of, you have your sort of secret hope for how yeah. much your Kickstarter is, which you never say out loud. Right. Well, I have done since. Once it passed, my secret hope, I said it out loud <laughs> because I, thought, yeah. I wasn't going to jinx it. But it was, it was like 250 was mine. Wow, you blew yeah. that away. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh so. yeah, yeah. I, I, I had that as like sort of the ground floor of what I thought you'd do. Mm. Yeah, because it's, like, it's really good. But yeah, this is just... No, I, I was actually chatting wow. with somebody about this on Twitter this morning. I'm like, I have... I've run companies where we've published, you know, dozens of books in a year, and I know exactly how much resources and management time and effort and everything goes into coordinating something like this. Holy shit, guys! Okay, yeah. <laughs> that's a lot of lot of product you're putting out there, and I'm really mm-hmm. thrilled 
that's doing so well huh. for you. That's congratulations. Thank it's you. amazing. Thank you. I, yes. And the exciting thing, by the time people hear this, they will actually have the game in their hands. Exactly. This up, because this this podcast goes out tomorrow, Saturday. Yeah. The mm-hmm. PDFs are going out later today, Friday. So yeah. by the time people hear this, they, they'll already have played their first campaign. No, maybe not that. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> a, short, a short campaign. Yeah. But they probably yeah. made a decent start on character creation. Right. Possibly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, to anyone listening who backed it, thank you so, so much. I mean, it's... I um, mm. I mean, people, so people sometimes say I'm blown away, but I really, really mean it. It's... Just it, it definitely exceeded expectations by, mm-hmm. yeah, more, yeah, several times over. It was astonishing, amazing. And I can stop working. Awesome. I can stop working. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the best part because you guys did the books already. A lot of times you do this, you're like, and now the work actually begins, and you're like, no, yeah. it's we got it done. Yeah, yeah we're delivering. Know, it's, the opposite. it's the opposite. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I mean we've been over the last month. We've been feverishly finishing up the books. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, oh, we've got 30 days, plenty of time, 20 days. Oh, no. <laughs> but they're done. They're done. We're good. We're good. We're good. They're done. They're ready to go. Yeah. They're ready to go. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, yeah, they'll be going out at 11 o'clock UK time tonight. And do you know what the mm-hmm. fun thing is? Of course, mm-hmm. today is November the 5th, which is Guy tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, at 11 o'clock tonight, mm-hmm. a whole bunch of fireworks in a giggle. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to tell myself that <laughs> they're all for me. Yeah, nice. <laughs> <laughs> the nation has to be together in a grand celebration. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. start. laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Good yeah. timing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was almost accidental, but not quite. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. there's enough there's enough of that. There's enough of that. Let's move on. So yeah. um, I think we have then finished the news. It's time to play our favourite game. It's time to play the game. Our favourite game in all the world. Guess the Kickstarter from just the name. So shall we play Mm. what we like to refer to as our favourite game in all the world? The game where I read out the name of the Kickstarter and you try and guess Mm -hmm. what it is from just the name. It is more fun than it sounds, I promise. All right. (laughs) Now, are these all game-related Kickstarters? These are all RPG-related. Okay, good. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, Peter, would you like to start and show them how it works? Very well. Hit me. What have you got? Okay, Peter. So, what is Shotguns and Saucers? No. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, (laughs) it might have a funny answer for that one. Who knows? It would be interesting to see if you didn't know what it was, what people said. Mm. Like, yeah. if we could actually play this game blind with that. Yeah. And, uh, and see what I do get people saying, is it a Western? A shotgun. Yeah, exactly. I get yeah. people saying, is it Western? I'm like, no, it's more like noir, you know. And it's, yeah. Yeah. Okay, Peter, are you ready? Hit me. What, you got? what is on. Exquisite Crime? Uh, alas, I know this one. This is by oh. Bernard Chan and yes, um, Sen. Yep. Yes. Well, uh, because we were, well, I backed Yangshi Blood, Blood in the Banquet Hall, so therefore they have got notified about right, it. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, well, we'll have to skip this one, but why don't you tell everyone what it is before we do so? Well, I, I don't know. Maybe we could pass it on to someone else or no? I, I, <laughs> I actually backed this too. I don't know if Marty knows it. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, never, I never go on Kickstarter. Um, so, okay, so what do you so, think? So I'll, be, yeah. I'll be a good, good participant for this game. Okay. Um, yeah. It's... Um, a, a game about heists, a, an RPG about hosting heists, setting up heists. 
Yeah. Is, is it in that sort of ballpark? No. <laughs> it is. No. <laughs> okay. Well, they describe it as a surrealist detective mm-hmm. storytelling game mm-hmm. where crime is an art and mm-hmm. you are the artist. Mm-hmm. So I guess the answer, the short answer to your question is kind of yes, but I think you're like the detectives, aren't you, in this? Yeah. Is that right? Rather than the uh, actual criminals. Mm, right. I, I'm assuming you guys who have backed it are more familiar with this than I am. Then, no, so. I, I, I didn't back it because I was like, I didn't really get what it was. Oh, I see. Yeah. Right, okay. <laughs> okay. So Exquisite Crime asks players to harness their latent psychic abilities in order to solve mysteries mm-hmm. ranging from the quirky to the surreal to the downright monstrous. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Right up my alley, um, honestly. It's yeah. like Twin Peaks all the way, right? <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. So I'm scrolling through here. I love the art in this. Yeah. Mm. It's kind of on the, it's kind of like this uh, pen line drawing style art all mm. on a kind of parchmenty type paper background. It's gorgeous. Yeah. It's, it's beautiful. But anyway, um, so Marty, um, unfortunately, you get no points for that because no. I'll, give you t- I'll give you one point. You got the crime aspect of it. No, 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 so. no. I, I didn't get it. I didn't get you it. Deserve, I won't take this pity point. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. I haven't judged your pity points. I had nothing to do with it. Hold up. All right, Peter, would you like to go? Yes, hit me. Hopefully, hopefully you haven't seen this one. So no, this one no. is called "Women Are Werewolves." Oh, that sounds amazing. Um, so I guess it's game about lycanthropy. I would expect from the name, it's a storytelling game. Uh, so fairly rules light. Um, maybe powered by the apocalypse, possibly, or some of a like fairly uh, light but robust sto- storytelling focused system. Um, and yeah. Um, you play as women who are werewolves, and I don't know, you can, you can fight crime, I suppose. Um, uh, but I don't know, you might get up to all sorts of shenanigans. Yeah. Hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, this is one of those ones where the title does kind of. It's a really good title. It's a good title. It's a strong title. You know what you're like, yeah. Women are werewolves. Is it this? Yes, it is. Fantastic. Okay, okay. Really. So Let's go. <laughs> let's play as yes. non binary characters in a family where only the women. Transform into werewolves. On the next oh. full moon, who will you be? Mm-hmm. I back this one too. So. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you one of these people that just backs tons and tons of tickets. Yeah, I've actually got like 370 backed or something like that. Oh, wow. Right. And a lot wow. of them don't fund, yeah. but you know, and I, I tend not to back ones that are like, like, well, your guys, which is going to blast away everything, right? But mm. I, I tend to oh, back so the ones where fund us. Is that what you're saying? I think yeah. they're, they're well <laughs> oh, okay. overfunded. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I still have time, I think, oh, before oh, this oh, ends. Right? Okay. <laughs> but I tend to go with people who uh, who need the money, right? Who mm. are like are saying, "Please help us," because this is this quirky little idea that uh, yeah. otherwise is not going to survive. And so, mm. you know, sometimes I put the money in, knowing that it's never going to fund mm. anyway. But it's more of a gesture of support, right? Mm. Um, and also, like, uh, these last two ones you have, these are people I know from way back. And they're like, well, you know, the least – I would buy them a hmm. beer at a, at a convention. The least I can do is chip in yeah. a few bucks for Yeah, you. yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well. Yeah. So, Peter, I'll give you a 7 out of 10 for that. Mainly for just uh, stating the obvious. <laughs> <laughs> That's a powerful move in this game. <laughs> yeah, I would mean, like to say it's a, a storytelling game as well. Uh, <laughs> non-binary story game, as they say. Um, yeah, it's exactly what you said, pretty much. Oh. Okay, so last one, and this one would be for Matt, but I'm actually 
scoring through, and the rest of them are really obvious. Um, we've what got is level up. We've level got, up. Yeah, we've got Earth Dawn 4th Edition, which is obvious. Mm. We've got Shotgun's and Sorcery, which, if you don't know what that is, then... Um. Uh, then we got Plane Breaker from Monty Cook, and we've got mm. Sky Riders of Bab- Abrax and Tracy and Hickman, which everybody knows what they are. So no. um, I think we've already done that on the Kickstarter. Or something. We covered, it, we, or, yeah. or no, we, we covered it on the news item, so I knew what it was already, yeah. Mm. yeah. Um, so we've actually, we've actually run out. Did you guys do Plane Gia? That's one that's uh, from Atlas. We did, we mentioned yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah we've actually I, run I, out. I, I, I started strong saying it was like going to be vaguely about the Pangea sort of thing, but oh, yeah. then I, no. I got it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, the, so the only one on the only one here that we haven't actually already actually covered on the show is Amazing Encounters and Places, which I'm fairly sure you're going to guess what it is. I think Matt, it's about you know, Encounters and Places. It, 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 it sounds like Matt was listening to last week's podcast. I think, so yeah, yes, probably does know what it is about. Right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. An adventure age for fifth edition, detailed drop-in locations, right. rounds, encounters, monsters, and. 220 pages of them. No, I may have written one of those. I think we, I did some of those with Atlas Games way back in the third edition days. Mm. Mm. Same kind of thing. Right. So I think, um, unfortunately, Peter, I kind of have to give you the trophy this week. That's right. Wax just by default. Nice. (laughs) Yes, pretty much. Uh, pretty much, yeah. Um, oh, take it. <laughs> normally, normally, the games, normally the games are a little more challenging than that. But, yeah. but, but basically, it's one of big, big things that everybody's heard of this week, or things that are incredibly obvious just in the titles. So. Right. Mm. Or, or things that we're all working on ourselves. The things which, that are amazing yeah. because they're obvious straight from the title. Well, yes, yeah. yeah there is that. There is that. <laughs> so congratulations, Peter. Well done. Thank you. Very cool. Well, hello there. This is a mighty fine game store you have here. Hi, thank you, sir. And what can we do for you today? I was considering a new role-playing game. Ah, right you are, sir. One copy of Barrows and Bearhouse coming right up. No, no, you misunderstand. We've been playing Barrows and Bearhouse for years. We'd like to try something different. Different, sir? Yes, yes. Maybe some sci-fi or something more rules-light. Rules light, sir? Yes, yes, you know, something which can emulate cinematic heroes in a breezy narrative style. So, not Barrows and Bearhouse? No, no. Hmm, how about Space Pirates and Sandworms? Ugh. Uh Uh-huh. Space Pirates and Sandworms is categorically the worst game ever made. The initiative system is just in... Horrible. Oh, well, that's unfortunate. Well, what about this one? Swashbucklers of the Crimson Seas. Oh, no, sir. Without doubt, the worst game ever made. Can you believe that it uses a skill tree feature? Right, right. Well, this one looks fun. Super sleuths and master spies. Oh, dear, oh, dear. No good? No good, sir. It's the worst game ever made. I cannot recommend it. I see, I see. We're not having much luck here, are we? Are you sure you wouldn't just like a shiny new copy of Barrows and Bear Owls? I am sure. We have all agreed we want a change. Very good, sir. Ah, now this one looks good. Gorgeous cover art. Comes in the box. Time Lords of Astaxia. What can you tell me about this? Uh, well, sir. No, no. 
Let me guess. Uh, very well, sir. Time Lords of Astaxia is the worst game ever made. Am I right? Turn the words right out of my mouth, sir. Yes, I figured as much. Tell me, if I were to pick any one of these dozens of games you have here for sale, what are the chances that the one I pick would be the worst game ever made? Hmm. Well, see, there's always a chance you might choose Barrows and Bear House. Which is not the worst game ever made. Well, unless you chose 7th edition. That is, without doubt, the worst game ever made. As opposed to... Well, 4th edition, of course, sir. The limited 1994 anniversary version. Stone Cold Classic, sir. And that one is... Uh, that one is the best game ever made, sir. So, let me get this straight. The limited 1994 4th edition edition of Barrows and Barrels is the best game ever made. Right, sir. And all other games are the worst games ever made. Well, when you put it like that, sir, it sounds a bit silly. Does it now? Let's put it to the test, shall we? Well, if you say so, sir. What do you have on the shelves here? Right then, uh, Dragon Warriors Revised. Ah, worst game ever made, sir. Starships and Tentacles. Ah, worst game ever, sir. Tentacles and Starships. Absolutely the worst, sir. Our Bunnies of Terror. Without question, the worst game ever made, sir. Our Bunnies of Terror 2, Carrot's Revenge. By far the worst. Fantastic Heroes of the Golden Age. The worst. Tables of Camelot. Terrible. Soldiers of Misfortune. Awful. Pulp Horrors of the Mythos. Rubbish. Agents of Bash. Excruciating. Edwardiana. A real snooze fest. Androids and Cyborgs. Dreadful. And Night Stalkers of Transylvania. Appalling. Moonstriders of the Silent Wastes. Abominable. Grave Abatches 2. Now we're digging. Atrocious. Barrows and Barrows? Ah, see what you did there, sir. You did, did you? You tried to sneak in Barrows and Barrows in the hope that I would accidentally brand it the worst game ever made. I'm not fooled that easily, sir. So to be clear, the only game you are willing to sell me is Barrows and Barrows. Oh, no, no. We have plenty of other excellent games, sir. Name one. Well, I wouldn't be so presumptuous, sir. Go on. Just one. Well, sir. I'm waiting. There's always... Yes? Barrows and Bearhouse, sir. This is ridiculous. You call yourself a game store? The very best, sir. I beg to disagree. Well, I wouldn't agree to disagree then, sir. I would go so far as to say this is the worst game store I have ever seen. Ah, I see what you did there, sir. Very clever. A play on my words. Hoist by my own petard, as they say. Very good, sir. Yes, well, let that be a lesson to you. Ah, but would you say that we're the best at being the worst, sir? What? Out of all the bad game stores you've seen, are we the best at being a bad game store? I guess so. And so you might say, sir, that we are, in fact, the best game store you've ever seen. Well, not really. I mean, I suppose in one particular way, maybe. Well, take it! Hello, everybody. Uh, thank you so much for listening to our podcast. We just wanted to mention our Patreon. Peter, are you familiar with our Patreon? Oh, is it uh, patreon.com slash Morris? Yes. M-O-R-R-U-S. 
at patreon.com forward slash Morris, you can find our Patreon, which is what pays for our podcast and buys That's us all these wonderful microphones and yes. mixers and other little bits and pieces. And wires, so many wires. And all these wires. Uh, we have a load of wonderful Patreon backers at the moment. And yes. those backers get... We cherish you all. Yes, we do cherish them very much. And those backers get bonus content every single week, just as a thank you for uh, for backing our Patreon. And because they're so awesome and so quick off the mark, they also get to like talk to us in our Discord channel, which is pretty good. Mm. And we sometimes even deign to answer that. Uh, but even more importantly, when we have guests coming onto the show, they have the opportunity to ask questions of those guests. Mm. Um, and then we will pass on the questions that we think we, our guests will answer. So please, if you do enjoy the podcast, head on over to patreon.com forward slash Morris. Link will be in the show notes. Yes. And support us, even with just a dollar a month. Every little, every little bit helps. Anyway, shotguns and sorcery. Yes. Yes. Let's yeah. talk about shotguns and sorcery. So, so we're saying it's, it's not a Western. No, it's not a Western. <laughs> no. so that's what I hear. Okay. We'd like to squash that river straight the away. Dragon, the that's, dragon in the picture should give that away. Exactly. That's what I've been told. It's not a Western, well, right? But, um, <laughs> you could have wild west dragons. You know, yeah, the, yeah. Part of the thing is also because I worked on Deadlands for so long. Uh, mm. you know, I, was, I was the original de- developer for Deadlands. And I was one of the founders mm. of Pinnacle Entertainment Group, which means that when, mm. and I, my first big role-playing game book I ever wrote was Western Hero for Champions. Way back mm. in like ninety one or ninety two, which Monty Cook actually was the editor for mm. back in the day, and so I've been associated with westerns for a long time. So when somebody hears that, I think they look at me and say, "Oh, western game." I'm like, "No, we do other <laughs> things exactly. too. It's okay." Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so I mean, Shotguns and Sorcery is based yeah. on the novel trilogy. Yeah, of your own of your own writing, and it's just been a comic, I believe. Hasn't there a comic? Mm. There's a comic now. Yep, yeah, exactly. Uh, and uh, there's been a, a cipher system version of the game, yep. which was a few years back. Yep. And this is now this is now a D and D fifth edition. Can't say D and D. Five E powered. Well, it's not five E powered. Like you guys came up with a whole new game. I mean, basically, it uses the five E engine for your thing. For this, we're mm-hmm. not reproducing the rules at all. We're like, you know, you got your D and D books. Just keep those and then run this as your. Yes, this is like the Forgotten Realms source yeah. book or setting book or yeah. whatever. Okay. Yeah. 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 So, for those who don't know it, or for those who might think it is a Western, what's <laughs> what is Shotguns and Sorcery? Uh, Shotguns and Sorcery is a is a role playing game setting. It's a fantasy noir setting, as we like to call it, in which uh, there was a zombie apocalypse about five hundred years ago, where the mm. this necromancer known as the Ruler of the Dead basically wiped out all life on this continent, but. As it was happening, the free peoples that survived the battles ran ahead of her and the forces of evil and the zombies mm-hmm. and such and managed to find uh, a mountain with a dragon in it. So imagine like the lonely mountain from mm-hmm. The Hobbit, right? Yeah. yeah. If suddenly sure. uh, they, they show up and say, save us, smog, and this is pretty much what happens. <laughs> um, and you know, the dragon says, well, I'll save you for a while. I'll blast all the zombies with my fire breath and... Uh, give you enough time to build for the dwarves to build a gigantic wall around it, and then we'll put a city in it. So it's kind of ends up being like Minas Ooh. Tirith being built on the Lonely Mountain, and then you fast forward everything five hundred years, where this uh-huh. has had a chance to be all these people compressed together under this horrible pressure from outside, and uh, technology tends to move forward a bit. So, but because it's a magic based society, 
instead of mm-hmm. things like flashlights and and taxi cabs you get you know glow globes for the lights and you, uh, if you want to hail a hail a ride you put your arm up and a flying carpet comes down and grabs you and hauls hey. you up to wherever you want to go so you play uh investigators in the city or adventurers you can go out into the ruins and try to plumb the depths where these zombies have been and have ravaged everything and everything's been untouched for years or you can try to have adventures inside the city as well which are you know ripe with all sorts of possibilities um, I'd like to con- call it a mix between two of my favorite writers, which are J.R.R. Tolkien and mm-hmm. Raymond Chandler. So uh, right, right. Mm-hmm. that kind of uh, a mix of, you know, the high fantasy with the yeah. hard-boiled detective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Bit of GM advice. If you get to a bit of a dead end in the plot, just have somebody walk in, branching a wonderful <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly it, right? The old yeah. Chandler saying, so. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So... It, you, you brought it out for Cipher originally, but this, this is this is for 5e. What was what was behind the decision to do? I mean, is it just you know 5e super popular right now? What was the? Well, originally this was going to be a third edition setting. I actually came up with it for third yeah. edition. You remember back the old World Search that the World Hunt that they did that produced Eberron, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and I had pitched a few different ideas, and this is one of them that stuck with me. Obviously, I didn't win that. That was Keith Baker, my buddy who did Eberron. And I actually yeah, wrote yeah. a trilogy of novels for it, which I was pretty happy about. Yeah, um, fantastic. I, I had kind of uh, mentored Keith into freelance. And the guys at Atlas Games had asked me to do it. John Nephew had asked me to do it at one point. And then Keith, like mm-hmm. a year later, won the Eberron World Hunt. I'm like, holy shit, Keith. You know, just, <laughs> um, well done. You know, uh, and that's a, man, that's a man who can carry off a fedora. Oh, God, yes. Mm-hmm. He does a good job. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, I had this idea, you know, and I actually shopped it around. Uh, White Wolf was interested at the time because they were doing a whole bunch of third edition stuff. Eventually, I ended up selling it to Mongoose, and Mongoose was all set to publish it. They had licensed it. They were going to license the stuff from me and then pay me to write the books as well. And yeah, then the, the uh, people who did Traveler, the, that yeah, now they do Traveler, yeah. but hmm. back in the day, they were a huge hmm. third edition publisher, right? Yeah, so, right. Remember, yeah. Okay. yeah. And then my wife got pregnant with quadruplets, and I was like, well. Uh, no, I'm not doing that now. <laughs> so, uh, so I kind of put that on the shelf for 10 years or so. And then Robin Laws asked me for some, uh, a short story for a new hero anthology he was doing. So I wrote, mm-hmm. I basically dusted off Shotguns and Sorcery and wrote that. And I liked it. I wrote one for the Origins Writer Track anthology as well. And then, um, then in 2012, I had this crazy idea where I was going to do 12 novels in a year, right? So I, I called it 12 for 12 and I broke it up into a, uh, four Kickstarters. Four trilogies, each of which we ran a Kickstarter for. And they, those all funded. And I wrote 12 novels. I tried to write 12 novels in a year. Wow. Um, the second one of those was uh, the second trilogy was Shotguns and Sorcery. Marty's heard me tell this story many times, but I, I didn't quite sell or write 12 novels that year. They were shorter pretty novels, much about 50,000 words. I got close. I got. Uh, I wrote not ten. You wrote novels. twelve novels worth of text. I did. You, you didn't wow. write. You didn't write the twelve novels you I contractually was obligated yourself <laughs> to. Yeah, exactly. But you wrote twelve novels worth of text yeah. that year. That's just, that wow. like a nightmare to me. The thought of having yeah. that hanging over my head. I wrote ten novels for the twelve for twelve thing. I wrote a leverage novel for the TV show. Mm-hmm. I wrote nine issues oh. of the Magic the Gathering comic book and. Uh, Starcraft 2 novella that Blizzard published on their website. So it was a lot of writing. Right. 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 Um, yeah. well, that that is a lot of writing. Yeah. Plus running four Kickstarters that year. And I, I, was, yeah. I was tired. <laughs> but uh, so, you know, uh, I read the Kickstarter and then I got uh, these guys decided they wanted to license the the, uh, the setting, uh, the, the novels for enhanced ebooks. These are the guys who did Steampunk mm-hmm. Holmes. And they're like, mm-hmm. okay, and they raised a shitload of money doing it. They're like, okay, we're going to do this too. But first, we're going to run this other Kickstarter to license to do enhanced ebooks of all these other fifteen books we want to do, 
and it failed miserably and it flopped and they went bankrupt. So like, oh, okay. But the artist for that project who had been paired up with Shotguns and Sorcery uh, was dying to do something with it. His name is Jeremy Muller. He's the guy who does the cover art for all the books and such. And <laughs> eventually, uh, after about a year of him bugging me, I said, you know, you're right. I'm never going to get around to doing the RPG myself. I'll license it to you. So in 2015, uh, this is back when 5, 5e was out, but it hadn't been added to the OGL yet. So it wasn't mm-hmm. something that we were permitted to use. So we looked, uh, went around and looked at different systems. We eventually settled on the Cypher system, which, Ooh. you know, coincidentally, Monty Cook is one of the, uh, you know, guy who edited one of my first books and mm. uh, was also one of the designers of third edition, had this great new system for uh, Numenera and the Strange. And we hired Rob Schwalb, who's a good buddy of mine too, Ooh. to write the rules for it. And I wrote the background and Jeremy did a lot of the art and, you know, art directed the rest of it. Uh, unfortunately, there were a lot of delays that came involved. You know, Jeremy was having some family issues. And, you know, life happens, right? Not his fault, really. But uh, the game didn't ship until uh, beginning of 2020, so five years later. At that point, the license was expiring, and I looked at Jeremy and said, are you interested in keeping doing this? Or maybe I should just take it over, and I'll help you get across the finish line with the stretch goals. You'll do the artwork. Marty and I will take care of the writing, and uh, then we'll call it a day. And that's what we did, right? We actually managed to uh, ship the last bit of it off just before we finished before we launched the new kickstarter like literally mm-hmm. the day before we shipped an art book to people that was the last thing mm-hmm. promised for it and uh you know but what happened also marty graduated in, in 2019 in the middle of a pandemic and for some mm-hmm. godforsaken reason decided he wanted to become a game writer we're still trying to see if he needs therapy he's been that. a bad influence on me as he says i made Thank a bad you. example for him so mm-hmm. um i mean apparently he's got self-destructive tendencies that, that go on with that. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, it runs in the family so yeah you haven't changed your mind yet then martin then it's, it's still uh, it's still mm-hmm. on the agenda so um i said what do you want to do and he said well you know i'd like to write this stuff i said well why don't we hire you to write the fifth edition version of this so he Ooh. actually did all the fifth edition conversion. He did all the rules and everything else. Nice. Uh, I'm adding some more uh, fiction snippets to this and make it a little bit more flavorful. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm doing the layout and the editing and development, all that stuff. But he's actually doing all the heavy lifting. Uh, and that part's been done for months. So uh, yeah. once we had everything in line, we're ready to go. I said, let's pull the trigger. We'll run a Kickstarter and this and see how we do. And that's mm-hmm. where we are now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fantastic. So, uh, so going to fifth edition was really coming home. It was like bringing it full circle. Yeah, you know, bringing it back to <laughs> yeah, Dungeons yeah. and Dragons where yeah. it originally started. Yeah. So, so is that your first experience writing for a, for a publication, Marty, or is that or have you done stuff before? Well, I did stuff to help out with the end of the the Cipher System Kickstarter to to finish up yeah. some of the stretch goals. But uh, mm-hmm. other than that, yeah, yeah. So how how did you find how did you find the experience? Is it what you yeah. expected? What you hoped it would be? Or is it? It was all right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a job, you know. Uh, I mean, my, my, my dad's a pretty good editor. I mean, <laughs> he's okay. That's what I tell him. Yeah. <laughs> so what's he, what's he like to work with? Having your dad as, as your sort of writing partner? I don't know. I think he could be more brutal. Uh, <laughs> really? Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> your parents must have brutal, abused you if you to think that. <laughs> he's, pretty, he, he's pretty brutal, but I don't know. I think you can go further. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, well back when uh, I was running there, we've got someone treating a rod for their own back. One day he'll listen back to this and say, what did I say? I've learned to be kinder over the years. Let's put it that way. When I was, <laughs> uh, when I was running Pinnacle, they used to hand me manuscripts. And this is back in the day when we did it all on paper with a red pen. Oh. 
And I would mark it up with a red pen and hand it back to the, the guy to fix it. And it's like, it was bloody. It was just, you know, like somebody going oh, at it with an axe murder on top of it. It's so, like the Simon Cowell of RPG. Exactly, right? I'm like, yeah. no, 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 you've done it all wrong. And, you know. <laughs> but I've learned over the years how to be a little bit gentler with the feedback and more constructive. So hopefully that Constructive is. criticism. Yeah, that's the, yeah. that's the way to go. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So how, how long were you working on the fifth edition version of this? Uh, how Lovely. was it working with the... How long's the process been? Mm. Oh, the uh, the process started while I was just getting out of uh, college still, and it, it it ended some months ago. I don't know. It, it it probably took like around six months to get the whole book written. Right. Mm-hmm. right. Uh, but it's it's been pretty much done for a while. We've got ninety five percent of the text mm. done for a while now. We've got all the art done. We're hoping to to get it all shipped uh, at least in some PDF form. Very very quickly after the the Kickstarter mm-hmm. is done, so yeah, uh, I think it's it's gone pretty well. It's gone efficiently. Good, good. Is there, yeah. is there anything that you found particularly challenging? Is there anything that maybe you, you think, how do I do this in fifth edition? How do I bring that across? Was there anything mm-hmm. that the the setting of shotguns and sorcery works really well for the fifth edition mechanical framework? Mm-hmm. I mean, there, there are certain things in fifth edition, like uh, you know, mm-hmm. super high level stuff that doesn't work. Narratively, mm-hmm. even within like fifth edition, yeah, <laughs> like, like, uh, you start getting like, to twelfth level, it yeah. starts getting a bit and see, yeah. unglued at the seams, yeah. But like yeah. sort of like the one to ten sort of yeah area yeah, that, yeah. that, that, that the, works the, quite well for you. This is really a setting for for first to tenth level characters, and uh, within within that sort of framework, it works really well. There there isn't even that many uh, mechanical changes that need to be made. This is more mm-hmm. of a a setting source book than anything else. Yeah, I mean, the, there there are a lot of rules for gunplay that I, uh, I had to work out. There are, there mm. are rules for like we we added some uh, races and we added a uh, a new class. But I mean, it is all fantasy stuff. It's mm. just got you know noir flavor. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah sure. So, so with the gunplay and so forth, is that like more like revolvers, automatics? Magic yeah, yeah. That shoot bullets. There are dozens of guns. Uh, it, it's mm-hmm. it's 1920s guns. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like it's Tommy guns and that sort of thing. Or yeah, like Tommy guns is like the most mm-hmm. advanced you have. Like they're they're mm-hmm. like maybe like the military has like mm-hmm. machine guns. Mm-hmm. Um, but like they're 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 heavily restricted. Like on mm-hmm. the streets, you, the the most you would have is say a shotgun. Yeah, right, right, yeah. Oh, oh, sorry, sorry. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was just thinking, like, uh, is it if you would got a cipher system version of this, was this more a job of conversion, or did you have to do an awful lot of like writing new material when bringing it over to five E? Because like cipher system is definitely a lighter system than five mm. E. There, there is a lot of new stuff in this book. I did uh, what I could to to convert everything that was in the cipher system game already, because the cipher mm-hmm. system game it came out at a time when like. In 2015, Cypher System had, like, Numenera mm, and mm. not much else. Mm-hmm. And this was, like, D&D for Cypher System. Right, it had right. a lot a lot of, like, fantasy items and mm-hmm. wacky fantasy items and stuff like that. And I did what I could to convert all the sort of, like, there's, like, 100, 200 magical items and NPCs mm. in the, the original Cypher System rulebook. Yeah. Oh, that, that is a big old rulebook. What's that, about 300, 400 pages yeah, yeah. sort of thing? Yeah, this yeah. is a, a 300 solid thick rulebook. Mm. Mm-hmm. 
Nah. Also, you use it as a shield. When yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This would this take a bullet for you. <laughs> That'll last you a lifetime, and hopefully the new book will too. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So when Marty was converting this too, he was uh, he actually wrote a monster book and a uh, an adventure for the original mm. Cipher System stuff. So he converted all that stuff, and we're putting that in the core rulebook here as well, right? Mm. So mm-hmm. all the Cipher System material that was generated, plus some new stuff, uh, has all been converted over. That what that's one of the reasons this book will be of a similar size because mm. uh, even yeah. though we don't have the rule system in it, we've got all the supplementary material that we're jamming into it instead. Yeah. yeah. All the all the supplements are are also going in. Right, right. Is this part of a planned line, or is it a one and done? Is or is it? Let's see how it goes. Is there any sort of future kind of thoughts on where this is going? At the moment, I think it's a one and done. Right. Uh, right. If somebody, if you know, if somebody wants to back up a dump truck full of money at our door, we'll consider doing <laughs> more stuff. But you know, this is more of an experiment to see how. Uh, you know, I've done a Kickstarter myself for like nine years. Marty's mm. kind of getting into it. We have some other projects in the mind on the horizon. I've got the rights back to Brave New World, which was this. Superheroes, yeah, dystopian yeah, superhero game I did. I, I, I have it, yeah, yeah. There you go. So I've got the rights Ooh. back to that, and I'd love to do a second edition of that. And probably mm. would have done it already if I wasn't working on another superhero game at the moment. Mm. Um, and I didn't want to have Ooh. two of those juggling in my head at the time. Yeah, yeah. Mm. You don't want you and the Hulk just suddenly yeah, exactly, <laughs> just right. creeping into <laughs> <laughs> the Hulk wants to, well, he wants to don't, talk don't to you no matter cross, what. Don't cross the streams. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I might set Marty on that and say, hey, here, here kid, mm. uh, take it and run with it and see what you want to do with it. Mm. Also, I I'm not trying to set this up as a business in the sense that we used to do, like when I was running Pinnacle, where you know you want to have a whole line and it becomes this uh, treadmill where you have to keep putting out product in order to keep people employed and everything else. Mm-hmm. We got uh, just the two of us here. We're trying to keep it small and uh, kind of more like how Delta Green is run, right? Where you right. Put, you put out a book and the people are happy about it, but you do almost all the work yourself. And if it turns out to be a great line, then you keep working with it. But if it doesn't, you move on to the next thing. I mean, yeah. it's also part of, uh, I've been a novelist now uh, for about 20 years, something like that, 18 years. I've written 30 some, 35 novels. And when you write a novel, you don't say, okay, and then I'm going to just keep writing novels in this one setting forever. Some people do, but a lot of times you're like, I'm going to write a trilogy and then I'm on to the next thing. And mm-hmm. then if the previous thing does well, maybe a few years later, you come back to it and revisit it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some people, I was thinking Wheel of Time for a moment. <laughs> Some series just never ends. But. Exactly. I mean, and you don't you don't see too much of that in fantasy, but you do see a lot of it in uh, in like um, uh, mysteries, thrillers, things like that. I guess Jim Butcher's you know written how many novels for his stuff nowadays? But oh, um, yes. yeah, exactly. Yeah. But that's a rarity, really, right? You don't see a whole yeah, lot of that. Yeah. So. Especially yeah, for yeah, fantasy he's still stuff. going on Dresden. Eh? What's he? 15, 16 on that? Yeah, that's which yeah. is mm-hmm. tremendous. And more mm, power to mm. him, but that's that's again, you don't see too many fantasy series go that long, right? Mm. Yeah, so we're you know, I'm just we'll get this out there, have people enjoy it, and then they don't have to feel like they have to you know keep up with every release as well. You know, this is it, have fun. Um, and also, you get that problem of diminishing returns. You know, you put out the main book, and then everything mm. you sell after that sells less, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. and eventually, you're you're reduced to. Releasing a soft cover book about you know elven teaspoons or something. Like exactly. That. That's, how, <laughs> yeah. that's how specific you've had to get. Exactly. Like, now yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Peter's first in line for that. Elven tea ceremonies of the northern continent. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But how are you finding um, running a Kickstarter? Then it's been nine years. You said since the last. Yeah. One. Is it? Ooh. Is it? 
it's still a lot of work. Remember, is it better than you remember? How is it? No, it's yeah. it's a little bit different. I uh, it's a lot of work, but I mean, part of what we've been doing is you know, like this, we're doing a lot of appearances, podcasts, stuff like that, mm-hmm. uh, which mm-hmm. you know, nine years ago weren't quite as big of a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, back in those days, I would have been like uh, tapping everybody I knew to write something about it instead. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I used to tap people on Twitter quite a bit, say, "Hey, can you retweet this for me?" And I probably should mm-hmm. be doing more of that. So the marketing has always been the tricky thing for me. I'm good, you know, good at creating, good at producing, and all that stuff. But mm. eventually, I get tired of talking about my own stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you don't want to hear about this. Let's talk about something yeah. else. But when you're doing this, you have to be your own hype people, right? Um, yeah. yeah. And yeah. It's, we actually uh, partnered with Backer Kid on this one they, in their marketing program. And uh, it didn't work for us, right? Uh, we, we uh, Yeah, well, I think you mentioned that the other day, actually. Yeah. So, I mean, I've, I've had a little better luck, I think. Yeah, apparently. Um, <laughs> my experience. Yeah. <laughs> but, but even so, it's not massive. It's like an extra 10% or something. It's yeah, not, exactly. It's not, it's not, it's not going to turn a, turn a campaign around or anything like that. No, we, we were kind of hoping in the middle it might give us a little bit more of a boost. But by the time we got yeah. a few days into it, they called the return on ad spend was was much lower than we were hoping. And yeah. we, we looked at each other and said, okay, let's just, it didn't work here, you know, which actually I kind of take as meaning that we probably hit as many people as we could in the space that we wanted to already, which is not yeah. a bad thing. I guess, yeah, project, yeah, you know, yeah, and well, yeah. that's a little, little arcane to me. The whole sort of ad, because you know, one ad works and one doesn't, and I'm like, why, why? Yeah. I mean, mm. it's for the same thing. I mean, they yeah. look fairly similar messages to me. One of these has worked and one hasn't, and it. Well, you know. if you knew that, you could save yourself a lot of money in ad agencies, couldn't you? Right. Well, yeah. well, <laughs> if you knew that, then you would hire yourself out as an ad agency, exactly. right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, yeah. 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 Forget RPG or for me. Make some ad money. Now we're talking. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. So let's talk about shotguns and sorcery again. So yeah. characters in shotguns and sorcery. Mm-hmm. What sort of characters yeah. can we expect to play when you're, yeah. when you're running around a dragon-owned mountain hiding from hordes of zombies outside the walls? Yeah. I mean, have you tweaked any of the, like, the core... Uh, uh, heritages, races of the player's handbook. I guess we're going to be asking Marty a lot of questions. Yeah, I, mean, I, know the <laughs> I know the answers to these things, but he's the guy that actually did the work. So I'd actually yeah. love to hear his answers. Yeah, uh, well, uh, I'll give the answers. And if you want to... I'll chip yeah. in. When, chip, I'll, chip in. Yeah, <laughs> Fantastic. That's an excellent yeah. work. Okay. So, yeah, uh, the- there is one new class, which is uh, <laughs> in, in this rule book, which is, is specially made for the setting. Uh, mm-hmm. Called the freelancer, Ooh. but Ooh. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Uh, so many of our listeners are like, Ooh. not yeah. not, not, at all. <laughs> not not at all written from experience. Uh, <laughs> uh, the the, it, basic... the ability to turn in like ten thousand words like two, hours the the, yeah. two hours before the deadline is that that, that sort of thing? Yeah, uh, yes. <laughs> um, right. Your special feed is collections, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we distract yeah. you. <laughs> no, 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 yeah, the freelancer uh, you were saying. Yeah, yeah, the freelancer. It's meant to be a a, a very flexible class mm-hmm. with subclasses like freelance investigator, freelance mm-hmm. fighter, or street fighter, or whatever. Yeah, mm-hmm. that fit within the the sort of noir setting specifically. But all the other normal five E classes have had just like text written on them. Mm-hmm. setting text written on them to fit them within the shotguns and sorcery setting. Yeah. You can play any any normal mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Any normal D&D class works within shotguns and sorcery. Fantastic. Well, yeah, yeah, but Marty wrote guidance on things like this is how you play this class in this setting. Yeah. 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 Right. Religion was a thing for instance, right? Because yeah. religion yeah. Is, is something that doesn't feature in the books at all. Yeah. The, so, the, emperor's, them, pre, the dragon emperor set himself up pretty much as 
the power. So then how do you uh, handle clerics? And Marty did a great job of that. Yeah, yeah. Some of them are a little trickier than others like that. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, that's a good question. How do you then handle clerics? What's the, what's the answer to that in particular conundrum? Well, uh, I wrote in multiple solutions. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, right. uh, the shotguns and sorcery setting in the novels is more or less agnostic. There are no churches. You, you never see places of worship. You never see churches in the, mm. in the books. Uh, no, nobody ever talks about God. So you can, uh, I wrote in rules for, well, you can assign points this way to just essentially act as though, you, you know, uh, your, your character has a, a connection to a God, but, you know, ignore all the bits about God. Or you can cross out these spells and from here on out, you're, you are essentially playing an atheistic cleric. Right. Yeah. Right. So what was like the source of the, of the divine magic then in that case? Is it? It's uh, it, there's a bunch of lore about it in in the shotguns and sorcery setting. It magic is infused into the air, mm, into right, life right. itself, and any sort of divine visions are imagined. You you can power up your magic by by drinking certain magical concoctions. Right. Yeah, it's one of the fun things in the setting. There's this thing called dragon fire, which is essentially whiskey that's been infused with the uh, shavings of dragon scales. Right. Interesting. It actually looks like it it looks like it's burning (laughs) as it sits in a bottle, right? The actually there's flames in it at all times. And Marty came up with a neat little mechanic where every time you take a shot of this, it actually adds a spell slot to you temporarily. And and then when the hangover kicks in, you lose that slot plus one that you had before. (laughs) Until that, until you recover from that. So right, right, yeah. So what about um, like maces? Are you doing anything new with that? Was it the standard? Stock races from 5e. No, we have uh, a couple extra ones. We have Mermen, which you know, people have done Mermen before, but this is our, our Mermen. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and we have uh, a Beastmen. Um, and mm. and we're, we're doing Mermen and Beastmen because they appeared in uh, the original Cypher System game, but as oh. creatures and not as races. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I wanted to, to update them into... Yeah. The, the sort of wider canon. Right. Uh, there, there's a... The interesting a, a thing about of... them is that they're now these creatures that have been living outside the wall, outside the city mm. for generations, mm. for 500 years. And we, uh, Marty explores a little bit about what that means through the culture and what that does to them uh, and how that yeah. toughens them up. So that's been kind of cool to play with. Right. Yeah. 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 So um, obviously you've got the Dragonfire Whiskey, which sounds pretty exciting. Okay. Do you have any other, like, what what's your, like, you know, the most exciting magic item you got the one that makes you go yes this is awesome people are going to love this i know my answer but <laughs> you know your answer my answer i love the magical yeah. guns man they're the coolest yeah that's what i was going to say <laughs> yeah the ma- magic bullets are really fun yeah. all right. right magic bullets magic grenades they're all really good right. like in, in the in the uh, novels you can do this too but marty actually did a really good job of uh, replicating the mechanics for it but like uh, you have rune-covered shotguns and pistols and things like that. Mm. And sometimes, you, like, for instance, you could just, if you run out of bullets, you tap the barrel on the ground or anything hard and it reloads automatically. So you can just right. keep shooting. Uh, also, uh, you can end up with bullets, but especially with shotgun shells, you can actually load them with special enchanted rounds that have mm. essentially spells mm. loaded into them, right? So if you want to shoot a mm. fireball at somebody or uh, <laughs> or a blast of cold or whatever, you just pop that right into your shotgun and then you right, can right, it wherever right. the hell you want to. So, uh, okay. Those are kind of, of fun. Adaptation of spell scrolls sort of thing. Exactly. But yeah, yeah. more, more, or yeah, more, more directed and you get the kind of thing going. 
So I like, I like the sound of these special. magic grenades as well. They sound yeah. fun. Exactly. Yeah. So it was like, they just throw the grenade and it lets off a spell type yeah. thing. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now that sounds fun. I can just yeah. imagine like a, a web grenade or a, you know, a mm. cold grenade or something like that. Yeah, yeah there's uh, there's a web grenade. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it seems like a natural. Yeah. What kind of yeah. game? You think they're running here, Russ? Come on. <laughs> I wasn't thinking I was going to blow their minds with my amazing new idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, we, so, you got to hit we the good it. ones too, right? The, the yeah. Low, yeah. There's nothing yeah. wrong with low-hanging fruit, guys. It's exactly, exactly. Got to grab them all, absolutely. Yeah. Exactly. So obviously, your fifth edition Dungeons and Dragons that is very high fantasy. There is a certain feel to it. There's a uh, big heroes doing amazing things and the like. Whereas for me, noir is quite gritty, quite grim. There's a uh, everything is pretty much in the twilight. Uh, are there any sort of adaptations to the rules, like say maybe on resting or something that you've done work on, Marty? Well, it's much easier to die in, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Good in start. this. It's true, guns do that to you, you know. <laughs> ta- ta- yeah. Tell us more. How is it easier to die? All guns are armor piercing, and they do a lot okay. of damage. Mm. Wow. Uh, combat is supposed to move very quickly, and you're supposed to mm. want to avoid it. Right, right. <laughs> yes, yeah. Really, really heading back towards second edition roots. Yeah. Even though they're armor piercing, I bet that hard back book would still would still fend one off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 So, so it's on Kickstarter right now. Yes. Um, how long has it le- how long has it got left to go? Uh, I think it's a week from Tuesday. It's still got to right, go. So we've so, got, yeah, so we got a good a good week to get in on this. Exactly. What, what's what do we get? What do we get for our hard earned money? There are three basic levels. We try to keep it simple. Uh, there are three basic levels. For, so for thirty dollars, you get the PDF. For mm-hmm. sixty dollars, you get the hardback book. And for a hundred dollars, you get the deluxe hardcover book, which is going to have. Uh, a leatherette cover with gold foil stamp and a ribbon and all sorts of nice Ribbons. stuff. Ribbons! So, exactly. <laughs> I think that's our Peter's, curse. Peter's, Peter's backed it already. Yeah. As soon as you said Ribbons, that was it. He's I done. don't know what you're talking about. He's gone. <laughs> no, no. I think that's our current stretch goal, actually. We, we were very careful on stretch goals because, you know, again, we don't want to be one of these things where it's like, and now we're going to produce 16 more books for this and for the same yeah. amount of money and holy Christ, it's going to be amazing. We can pull this off. <laughs> and it would be amazing, but you know, I, I'm more on the let's make a profit so we can do this again yeah. kind of a thing. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I see so many Kickstarters running to problems like six months down the road when they're still yeah. struggling to fulfill stretch goals. When when the creators really want to be doing something else at that point, right, they're exactly. moving on to their next project and they can't because they've got this millstone around their neck. Exactly. Ooh. And you guys so, have masterfully avoided that by being done before you started. Uh, with yeah. us, we're trying to do the same kind of thing. Yeah. For one, because the last Kickstarter for Shotguns and Sorcery, which we were not in charge of, but you know, it took uh, five years to fulfill. So we want to make sure that we could <sighs> wow. yeah. we could wow. assure people that would not be the case here. Yeah, mm. part of it is us helping make sure it was fulfilled, which we didn't have to do legally, but you know, mm. morally, ethically, we felt obligated to do it. Mm. But we want to make sure that you know, we this is ninety five percent of the writing is done. I think all has to be done is mm. me going in. and writing fiction snippets for a lot, some bits. Yeah. Maybe a couple of new characters that Marty wanted to convert over. And 95% yeah. of the artwork is going to be done. It's actually almost all done, except for we we'll probably have a few pickup pieces we need mm. when we actually mm-hmm. lay the book out. So we still have to do yeah. layout. That's actually the biggest part of the, of the issue. Yeah. But we have is... templates from the old stuff, and you know it's easy enough to do. So mm. uh, this is something I've okay. been doing for 35 years now. <laughs> so I think I could probably... I'll remember that. Next time I let my layout design, I can play. Right. <laughs> Tell well, me. Uh, told me uh, it was easy. But so. I don't know. <laughs> Tell them that they got to get a guy. Once you once you actually have the template done, it's a, it's a lot of it's just filling in stuff at that point. 
I, I mean, <laughs> uh, he's just like colouring in. Uh, uh, he he <laughs> just whack it in. The template does all the work, really. What do you mean you want to pay yeah. rise? <laughs> The trick is, of course, you know, uh, I was a graphic designer while I was starting as, I, when I started, I was a graphic designer and an editor before I started mm. writing, right? So by yeah. the time I get to the writing part, I'm like, well, shit, I'm just going to write in Quark, InDesign, PageMaker, whatever. So I'd actually write mm. in the layout program and make it look good as I went, right? And yeah, that gave I'm, me an I'm, idea. I'm guilty of that. Right. I, I, can't, I try and make myself not do that, but I am guilty of that myself as well. Right. Well, yeah. It gives you a lot more control over how the final product looks, right? And that's... That's something. If you're a designer in, in the space, that you really want, you want it to, you mm-hmm. want to know what it's going to actually come out as, as opposed yeah, yeah. to the old way, which is write it, uh, the text and hand it over to somebody who knows what they're doing, and then be stunned when it actually comes out looking decent, and then say, "Wait a minute, this should be on that page. Why is this yeah. over here?" You know. <laughs> yeah. That's it. That, that moment when you send you send off like a word document, mm. and then a few weeks later it comes back looking like this gorgeous laid yeah. out. Yeah. It is a kind of magical moment because. Yeah. It does actually transform your words into something much better than what your words were. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> oh. I'm doing that with the Marvel game right now, right? The Marvel game, I'm I just, I'm turning in text, and they they're hiring a designer. I'm like, oh please God, I, that's me. I, we have some of the best artwork in the world, so I'm not worried about that part. But the actual design is, you know, the graphic design is going to be something new. So I can't yeah. wait to see how it comes out. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited about that. I, yeah. How much are you, are you allowed to talk about that at the moment? Is you it, know, they told me I, if for any uh, in-depth stuff, I got to go through Marvel. All right, so they're right, very secret right. about their stuff. So yeah, I can yeah. I can just tell you things that have been announced and maybe kind of nudge against other things. That's about it. Hmm. Yeah, no, that's fair. I mean, we'll find out a whole lot more. When did you say it was March? Was the March 29th is what it currently is listed on yes. Amazon as coming out Ooh. in the playtest book. And then 2023 is when we're going to be producing the uh, the full-on hardcover book. And rest assured, there'll be more to the line. Right? That's a line that's actually mm-hmm. going to live for hopefully quite a while, you know, years and years right, and right. years. Yeah, yeah. Um, what's it like working with a company like Marvel? It's really, because Marvel is, uh, you know, I, 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 I enjoy it these days. Yeah. They are, but mm-hmm. you know, it's not, when you work with Marvel, you don't have to work with all of Disney. You don't even have to work with all of Marvel, right? Um, mm-hmm. The guys who are doing the comic books are an entirely separate division. I'm basically with the special projects mm-hmm. division here. Uh, and they're really neat guys. I mean, some of them are not role mm. players. Some of them are hardcore role players. Mm. Uh, and mm. part of the problem, of course, is having to explain to people further up the chain what a role playing game is. Right, right. Yes. You know, yeah. The top people are like, "Well, I've heard of this D and D thing. You know, what's this all about?" <laughs> well, yeah. they, they can look at Forbes and find out, like exactly. Any other people have? Yeah. Well, you know, for them, it's like uh, having to start a whole new business. Yet you're like. You guys, when you do uh, novels or books or whatever, you have what are called comps. Mm. You do that in real mm. estate too, right? Where you're like. What is something like this going to sell for? And what is it? Yeah. And what are the numbers that do and all that? And trying to find mm. something like that, I'm having to help them do the research for that, mm-hmm. so that they can then you know run their proposals higher up the food chain and get people mm-hmm. to sign off on stuff. And fortunately, it's uh, an idea that tends to sell itself pretty easily. But you actually yeah. have to do the legwork to prove that it should sell, right? Yeah. Um, but you know, they well, I guess if they don't talk to the Star Wars people, despite the fact yeah. they're all owned by Disney, because there's a Star Wars RPG out. Mm. There is, there is, and you know, who knows yeah. what's going to happen in the future for all that stuff? I mean, it's uh, we'll see how our game goes, and then what Marvel wants to do with it after that. Yeah. You know, it's mm-hmm. there's a possibility that we'd be able to do to transfer the system over to other games and other properties, and mm-hmm. you know, mm. Disney owns boatloads of them now, which would be wonderful for us to be able to work in all those different fields. But mm. as you say, there's a lot of great games already out there too. So I mean, uh, yeah. you know, Aliens. I actually just played a uh, in the Aliens charity game at Gamehole Con last game. Oh, I love uh, that game. And yeah, really love that game. yeah, fantastic, right? Just so much fun and mm. really fits it well. Mm. 
But that's owned by Disney now, and so who the hell knows what's going to happen with it? Is right? it? That is not a thing that I knew. Okay. Yeah, well, uh, well, Disney bought uh, the Fox Entertainment division, right. which covers yes. Aliens and yeah. Predator right. and The Simpsons and. Right. Oh, so this could be the new right. Simpsons role-playing game. Sorry, I'm, I'm waiting for the big crossover now. Uh, <laughs> Aliens versus Simpsons. Exactly, Ooh. Aliens versus Simpsons. That's what we're going to do. Yeah. So yeah, I, it it, we don't writes know. itself. Yeah. I'm just imagining yeah. an alien on a skateboard now. It's not. Yeah. It's not <laughs> Nobody knows what's going to happen with that stuff. But yeah, there's all sorts it's of a couch gag in our future. But yeah. I, I will yeah. say that when we're developing the game, that we've had to keep an eye on, on the possibility of using it for other settings, right? So, mm. But you know, that's yeah. that's one of the reasons that comes naturally, anyways, because Marvel is such a massive. You tell so many different types of stories, all the way from like Daredevil to Galactus, right? Yeah. And yeah. to be able to have a system that covers all that. Means you could probably cover a lot of other stuff if you need to. Mm. I mean, are you, are you allowed to talk at all about how you sort of handled like, the scaling issue of superhero RPGs? Uh, well, I, I can say we handled it. <laughs> I, <laughs> I probably shouldn't get too deep into the weeds about that. Um, yeah. But uh, part of it was we're also trying to come up with a game that is. Uh, it's its own game, but it's something that people who play Dungeons and Dragons would recognize, right? It's not mm. meant to be something mm. brand new and out of the, you know, it's it's not like we said, okay, what can we do to to engineer emotion and we're going to do the new Blades in the Dark game, but for uh, but for Marvel, right? Or Powered right. by the Apocalypse, but for Marvel. This is meant to be a pretty big mass market game. Hopefully, we'll see how mm. we go. I mean, mm. a lot of the players will come from D and D, obviously, because that's the biggest game in the world for this kind of stuff. But uh, mm. hopefully, a lot of them will be new players that are fresh to role playing games and just mm. are big. Marvel movie or comic book or video game or whatever fans. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's amazing just how many new people are coming into the hobby these days. So. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, uh, just yeah. Critical Role has brought so many new people in, right? And yeah, the, yeah. You know, people who want to watch this stuff and but have never actually played a game. That blows mm. me away, right? The idea, it's... Yeah. It's, uh, but on the other well, hand, people, like, people watch sports, don't they? That's they what I'm saying. Uh, it's, it's, you know, you know, people watch football, uh, right? Or, or baseball yeah. or whatever. A lot of them uh, maybe played the game as a kid but have never played it again. But they still mm-hmm. love to watch it, right? And it's yeah. kind of the same idea. Yeah. I guess with all the new people coming into the hobby, then safety tools must be a really important part of the new book. That's Yeah, that is actually something we've considered very strongly, right? Uh, we may not have a whole lot of space to put in the 104-page playtest book that we're doing, right? No. But when the full <laughs> game comes out, we are actually going to uh, do some strong uh, wording on that at the very least. Yeah. Part mm-hmm. of it is we don't, you know, it's Marvel, so you want to actually have all your own stuff, but you don't want to co-opt. You, you're not really, you don't want to point to other people too much the way I would in one of my own games, right? It's a mm-hmm. less corporate mm-hmm. situation. So, yeah. Yeah. But we will have some tools there for people and strongly recommend it. I, I think everybody should mm-hmm. be comfortable with the game that they're playing in their own home, and especially if it, at conventions where you don't want people ambushing you with crazy stuff out of nowhere yeah. that you wouldn't yeah. have expected because you don't know them, Yeah. right? Yeah, I think there's always this assumption when you go to convention games that it'll be something familiar, but sometimes people have a very different culture in their home games. Right. And when you bring it to someone else's who has, again, coming from their own very different culture, you bring yeah. them together, even though you're playing the same game, it can be a wild mish- a wild mashing of expectations. Right. And I think the, yeah. the main thing there is to be able to stick up your hand and say, wait a minute, um, you know, and call, uh, call a timeout and say, this is not something I'm comfortable with, or what the hell are we doing here? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It gets tricky, uh, but you know, to tell, I think even just telling people that they should have the ability to do that is better is mm. a better way to do it, right? Because mm. oh, a lot of people when they show up, they're like, uh, "This is new to me. I don't know what's going on. How does this work?" And you trust yeah. the people who are running it, and some people are, abuse that trust. And you know, if, yeah. if that happens, right, right. then you want to have a way for people mm. to say, "Wait a minute, that's wrong," right? Yeah, yeah. Because they should yeah. be having, everybody should be having fun at the table, right? That's what you yeah. really want. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, we've seen that happen publicly a few times recently as well, oh, which is, yeah. you know... Uh, and uh, tragically, right? What, 
and what you see publicly is always just going to be you know, the tip of the iceberg. Oh, God, yeah. happens tenfold right. privately. I mean, so. the, the, those public right. things, sometimes you're looking at it going, how the hell did you think this was a good idea? Yeah. Look on people's faces, you know, and you're doing this in public. But yeah, you think privately in games, you know, whether the home or conventions, a lot of people just say, they go, what the hell? And then they walk away. And, mm. you know, the, the sad part is they may walk away from the hobby entirely because, mm. you know, who the hell wants to deal with that in their fun yeah, time? Yeah, because they've had one bad yeah. experience. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Well, on that sort of slightly dismal note. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm all for stopping yeah, What, what I'm taking away from this is yeah. Marvel, what, the Marvel the, role-playing game is going to have some really strong, robust advice on how to do yes, good role-playing. that is part of the plan. Actually, we haven't announced yeah. that, so you're drawing that out of me a little bit. But yes, that's... Uh, oh, oh. <laughs> but I don't think it's a bad thing to say, yes, we care about the experience our players have. Yeah, yeah. Right? We, so, we yeah. want yeah. top players to have a good experience at the role-playing game. That's table. not really a secret, yeah. right? I hope not. I've been information yeah. out of you. Yeah. 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 We're going to the time. industry by wanting our players to have fun. <laughs> you <What>? bastards. <laughs> How very dare you. On that now, slightly more cheerfulness. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it is time to wind up. So, yes. thank you so much for coming on. It's been a real yeah. pleasure. Thank you. I'm glad to actually meet you finally, Max. I've never actually met you before. I know. It's, yeah. you know, we'd, well, we'd it's be, kind of weird, but. Been adjacent for years. I've not been back yeah. to the UK since uh, I left Games Workshop back in 1990, which yeah. is crazy, oh. right? It's been too long. But. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, if you guys ever come over for Gen Con or anything like that, I'd love to see you grab a beer, you know, Absolutely. show you around Absolutely. all that kind of stuff. But uh, oh. uh, occasionally I get called the mayor of Gen Con because I run <laughs> I, I run the Diana Jones Award and I show people around and have a great time. Yeah, around, so. yeah. well, I haven't been to Gen Con in six or seven years now, at least, uh, I think. No, I never miss. I, this is this last year was my 40th in a row, actually. Yeah. Oh. So, crazy, crazy. Is it one you go to, Malty? Yeah. 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 Mar- How many years have you gone, Marty? Do you remember? Oh, uh, uh, I don't know. Is it 10, 12? <laughs> I, I think wow. we're up to 12 or 13 yeah. now. I think the first time you were 10 Ooh. when we brought you. Yeah. Wow. yeah. Yeah, crazy days. Yeah, my kids have grown up yeah. doing this, right? They uh, we'll just bring them to Gen Con and have a blast. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, 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 we do. We definitely do have to end because we are out of time. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. I very much awesome. appreciate it. Congratulations to you guys again, man. I am so damn impressed. With your Thank Kickstarter, you. that's and so congratulations cool. to you too. Your Kickstarter is kicking ass. It looks amazing. Not quite as much, but we're we set lower goals. We're happy. With that. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, yeah, but you probably haven't spent as much on it. Oh, I'm sure. No, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> swings and roundabouts for all these things. Exactly. Thank you so much. Have a good night, guys. Bye bye. Bye bye. Apparently, I now have to read this to you. This is the official podcast of Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG news, which you can find at enworld.org. You can find show notes at morris.podbean.com or wherever you found the podcast. If you feel like they deserve it, you can support the show on Patreon. In return, you will receive exclusive bonus content. Just go to patreon.com slash morris. If you're interested in his babbling nonsense, you can follow at Morris on the Twitter. Send your emails to morrispodcast at gmail.com. Not all of your emails, just the ones you want us to see. That's it. I'm bored now. You can go away. Shoo, off you go. Goodbye. Get out of here.
So what actually happened to the Diana Jones Award then? Where did it go? What's, what's, there's a mystery. What a clusterfuck. Um, <laughs> yeah. 